Okay, so if you turn with me now inside of your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7, we're going to be reading verses 5 through 12. So Matthew chapter 7, verses 5 through 12. And we're going to be reading from page 685 inside your pew Bibles, if you need the page number there. But it's Matthew chapter 7, verses 5 through 12 are what we're looking at there. So Matthew 7, 5 through 12. It reads, You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet, and then turn and tear you to pieces. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you, then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So, in everything do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. So this week, as you saw, I included that um, verse from last week's message about taking the plank out of your own eye before you help somebody remove the sawdust uh, from their eye. And so we're going to be building on that teaching a little bit. And all truthfulness, when we started chapter 7, I seem like I always have a verse or two in each chapter that are like this when I looked ahead to see what I would be talking about. When I came to verse 6, it was once again one of those moments where I thought, well, that's a little bit different right there. Not that I'm unfamiliar with the verse or anything, but it just didn't seem like it fit the flow of the message. And a few weeks back, I said that there aren't any stray verses in Scripture. I'm going to keep on bringing that up whenever I come to something like this. Uh, and then I started reading verse 6, and I started to question my own statement. Because if you read the verses before it, and if you read the verses afterward, you have to ask yourself, what on earth is the connection here? And in fact, you start to say, okay, this has to be a standalone verse. Well, this week... I even heard someone use this verse as a teaching tool, and they did what most people do whenever they teach on this one. They took it out of the context in which it actually exists. And so I would say that even though it wasn't a horrible teaching, on the same token, it was probably a little bit off as far as its application. Now what I learned this week is that the surrounding verses cannot be detached from verse 6. And again, verse 6 is, Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and then turn and tear you to pieces. So that sounds like, like I said, that sounds like it's kind of out of place when we're talking about planks and I, and we talk about asking, seeking, and knocking. Uh, it just sounds like it's just thrown in there, just out of the blue. And I learned that it isn't, that this is actually part of the teaching about the plank. And they, when you connect it to those verses, both before and after, they actually do give you the true meaning of what Jesus was saying. So once again, let me read those verses just so that 
Do you get it inside of the context? Again, starting in verse 5 and reading through verse 8, it says, You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Now, we'll pick up with 9 and 12 later on, but that is the segment, the, the, the um, passage of Scripture we will be dealing with right now. Now, I don't know about you, but the way that I was taught uh, verse 6, the one about don't cast your uh, pearls to, to swine, don't give your sacred things to dogs, is more or less, I heard that that was the way that Jesus said, don't give money to homeless people, because if you do, they might use that money for drugs. Okay? And I'm sure that many of you may have heard it within the same, uh, within the same sort of teaching. Well, that's one way to look at it, and there probably is some wisdom that goes along with that reasoning, but that is actually not what the verse is saying inside of its context. Another way that I've heard it taught, in fact, this I believe is the way that I heard it taught this week, don't uh, is basically saying, don't give sound teachings to people that will manipulate and abuse those teachings. And actually, that's a little bit closer to what the passage is saying, but still not quite there because it's not taking into consideration what it is that Jesus has preached on both before that and after verse 6, once again. So um, doesn't have anything to do with the surrounding verses, and that's the weakness of that way of understanding the Scripture. So within the context, it actually appears as though this statement is meant to be in line with what Jesus was already teaching. Take the plank out of your own eye first, then you'll be able to see clearly enough to remove the sawdust from your neighbor's eye. So it has something to do with that. And it's going to take a little bit of explaining. It's kind of hard for me to grasp, but I'm going to give you an illustration that maybe when we start thinking about this illustration, that it'll start to make sense what it is that Jesus is actually saying through it. Okay? And I know that... And this is a horrible way to start off with an illustration. I know that some of you in here are Michigan fans. Okay? But I'm hoping that you still take some delight inside of this illustration nonetheless. And the illustration I'm talking about has to do with Urban Meyer. Okay, we all recall Urban Meyer, his first season with, season with the Buckeyes. You remember his first season with the Buckeyes? I think that both Ohio State and Michigan fans remember his first season uh, with the Buckeyes. It was on the heels of a controversial ruling handed down from the NCAA against the Ohio State Buckeyes. The Buckeyes, regardless of their performance, because of this ruling, no matter how good their season was, would not be allowed to participate in a bowl game. And essentially that meant that there was going to be no way they could win the national championship because they couldn't play their ability up against the number one or number two team that they would be competing against. So they ended up finishing the season. Remarkable success of a season for Urban Meyer and the Buckeyes that year. 12-0, ranked number three. But at the end of the day, yeah, you basically had to say, for what? It was more or less inconsequential. And I, I know it's a little more complicated than that. Of course, it deals with recruiting and all that. That it probably helped out a lot. But at the end of the day, for the sake of that season, more or less inconsequential. You finished number three, had no shot at number one. They still had that mark against them that held them back that they could not over overcome on their own. They had to let it run its course, more or less. Now, like I said, not a perfect illustration, 
for what I'm trying to keep, uh, communicate, but keep that in mind because more or less, I look at what happened to them is kind of along the same lines as what I see a shadow ban. Has anybody ever heard of a shadow ban before? And if I'm understanding what a shadow ban is, it more or less has to do with social media. And it's sort of like a ban that the social media company puts on you uh, that you might not even be aware of that limits your reach and limits the number of views that your video or post or whatever might have. So you might be doing all the right things and saying all the right things, but nobody might be seeing it <laughs> or very few people might have access to it. So what I'm saying is that Jesus' teaching about the swine and the dogs has to do with a condition. And when I say condition, we can look at it as a condition, an illness or a problem. In our case, the condition we are starting off with is a plank in the eye, okay? That's why I read verse 5 first, to make it clear. We're starting off with the plank in the eye. You can't do anything of consequence until you get that plank in your eye removed. Jesus calls the one who tries to correct somebody while they still have a plank in their eye, he calls that person with the plank in their eye a hypocrite, okay? So that we got a more clear picture of what the plank in the eye does what the condition of the plank of the eye causes. And that's actually our starting point with this passage. In fact, let me help us out a little bit because this is where it starts to make sense is when we insert the word hypocrite more often into the passage so that way you understand who it is Jesus is addressing in verses 6 through 8. Okay, you ready? So starting off in verse 5 again, he says, you hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Now, he's addressing the same person right here, so this is why I'm doing it. So I'm just simply taking what he said right there at the beginning and inserting it in the beginning of this next verse. You hypocrite, do not give dogs what is sacred. Okay, that's starting to sound a little bit different, isn't it? You hypocrite, do not throw your pearls to pigs. If they do, if you do, the people, the people with the sawdust in their eyes, so that's who these people are we're talking about here, may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. And then it goes on in verses 7 and 8 as well here. So I'm going to insert you hypocrite again into verses 7 and 8. So because it's addressing the same person, ask you hypocrite and it will be given to you. Seek and you, you hypocrite, will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you, you hypocrite. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Now, this sounds different, does it not? It sounds very different from how we're used to reading these passages. Because now we've connected all these verses together by identifying who it is that Jesus is actually addressing. The one who has a plank in his eye is the hypocrite. The one casting their valuables to the pigs is the hypocrite. And the one who um, the one who is asking, seeking, and knocking, believe it or not, is the hypocrite. That blows my mind when I study this passage. That should totally transform how we see and read these verses. Having said that, Verse 6 still needs a little bit of explaining for us to understand it just right. Because most of us probably thought that the one with the pearls was the good guy, right? I always thought that the one with the pearls 
was the good guy. And Jesus was saying, hey, good guy, don't toss your pearls to swine. That's not a good idea to do that at all. Nope. The one with the pearls is the hypocrite. Okay, so he's actually, for our vernacular, the bad guy, the, the villain in this case. Let me introduce you to something. Dad, you might be familiar with this being an optometrist. I'm glad you're here today. It's a condition called plankitis. Plank and then I, I, E, Y, E, yeah, you, you get it. <laughs> itis, plankitis. It prevents you from seeing the stupid things that you do in your life, but it amplifies the severity of the stupid things that other people do in their lives. Sounds like a pretty serious condition, doesn't it? I'm sure you probably diagnosed it many times in the exam room. <laughs> One day, okay, so this is something that plankitis might cause you to do, okay? So let's say one day you decided to rob a bank, okay? And the heist was a wonderful success. You did it. You were the best bank robber in the world. You ran in, held up the teller, had your getaway vehicle and the route all plotted out, and you're ready to go. The whole thing couldn't have gone better. You did such a good job, not even law enforcement figured out who it was that committed this crime. You did such a good job you start bragging to your friends about it. You start telling about how awesome of a bank robber that you were. So they all know that you're a bank robber. They all know what you did. But they decided, you know what, I'm going to keep this to myself. They're my friend. I'm not going to rat them out or anything. But then one day, one day, one of those friends you told, well, they went through the drive-thru at the fast food restaurant. Okay? And the person at the window made a mistake. They gave them their food before the person could pay. So the, your friend drives off without paying. And you see them. And you catch them. And you confront them on this. And you say, you know what? That ain't right. You should not steal. <laughs> you should go back and you should pay for that jumbo burger that you just finished eating. How do you think your friend is going to uh, respond to that? Do you think it's going to take you seriously at all? Do you think that he may decide to give you a black eye? You know, the wonderful thing about that last one, though, is I have experienced that it, getting a black eye might, give you, might do you some good. In fact, I hear getting popped in the eye is actually a very effective cure for plankitis. Can you attest to that? It's a very effective cure for, for plankitis. Uh, but that's what Jesus is talking about. Not the punch of the eye, but... That's what Jesus is talking about. Your sacred things and your pearls are your words. Okay? They're your words of advice that you give to people. Probably wonderful words. Probably very helpful words. But when you suffer from plankitis, your words are going to get trampled. Nobody cares what you have to say when you have a plank in your eye. When you got plank eyes, everything just doesn't make sense to the people that you're telling to because they see you doing the very same things you're telling them not to do. But if you don't want a shiner and you prefer an easier way of being cured of this condition, here's the prescription from a good physician. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you, for everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. This goes back to the plank in the eye. Again, don't forget, this is connected right here. You need the plank removed. But how do you even know that you have a plank in your eye? After all, this is a condition 
that impairs your very own vision. It dulls your senses. Sometimes we don't know that we have a plank in the eye. But here comes God who says, ask and it will be given to you. So God is already aware of your predicament. He's aware of your blind spots. He's aware of your sins. God knows everything there is to know about you. So what do we need to do? Well, we actually need to ask God to reveal those blind spots. We also need to be humble enough to allow him to transform us in light of those blind spots. This requires that we need to reflect on some things. It requires that we take the risk of handing control of our own lives over to God. So instead of trying to fulfill whatever agendas and goals that we have, we hand those over to God and let him have control. You know what? It's actually not a bad thing at all. When we hear of the idea of handing over control to somebody else, we have this very negative idea of what that looks like because all of our ideas of giving control over to someone has to do with our own human experience. And when we do it from our own human experience, we say, that's a horrible idea. I am not giving control to anybody because I and I alone know what's best for me. God's not like that. God is good. So he's not evil like we all are. God is good and has perfect judgment. Verses 9 through 12 says, we finally got to it. How about that? Verses 9 through 12 say, Which of you, if your son asks you bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Now, there's a lot we can do with that passage right there, okay? A lot that we can do with it. We're not going to get to all of it today. Jesus was saying, don't be scared to ask God when you're in need. Even wicked people are able to give good gifts to their children, or at least the gifts that they ask for. They are capable of doing that, and they oftentimes do. God, on the other hand, is good. So how much more can we trust him to deliver on his promises to when we ask that he's able to provide us with what we need? If you ask God to reveal planks to you, he will. If you ask him to remove planks for you, he will. So we need to take some time with God, ask him what those blind spots are, and when he reveals them to us, we ask him to remove them. But that's why Jesus said, in all things, do to others what you would have them do to you. You know that you have things to work on. God is working on you. Other people have things that they need to work on as well. God is working on them. If you remember last week, we talked about the pirates. And we're all kind of like pirates in our own special way. So I don't know if that's exciting to you or not. But uh, we're all kind of like pirates in our own special way. Our goal is not to be like pirates. 
treat each other fairly the way that you would want to be treated. Other people have things that they are working on, and we need to be gracious to them. We need to be kind to them. We need to be patient with one another because be aware that we are all works in progress. Jesus fulfilled the law and the prophets by going to the cross. He asked only that we treat one another as we would like to be treated. Now that is an awesome God right there, that he went to the cross for us, and he asked only that we treat one another the way that we would want to be treated. A God that sees the plank in my eye and yours, he doesn't only help to remove those planks, he helps, he empowers us that we are able to use that experience with the plank even to be able to build his kingdom. We serve an awesome God. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time to be able to reflect on your word, but also, Lord, on our lives. We praise you, Lord, that you, you know everything about us, and yet you still love us. That you still continue to work on us and uh, reveal things to us. So, Father God, I pray that we would take the time to be able to reflect, to be able to identify the things that we need to work on, and, Lord, that we would not neglect to help other people with the things that they're dealing with as well. But rather, Lord, through repentance, through um, allowing you to work on us, that we'll be more effective in helping others to overcome the struggles that they have. We praise you, Lord, that you're conforming us to the image of your Son, Jesus Christ, and Lord, we pray uh, and, and uh, just hope for that day when we arrive there. We thank you, we praise you, in Jesus' name, amen.